We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. The Vale Podcast, written by Mildura Living Magazine. Autumn issue out now. Ah, uh, that's better. It's autumn. Travis Bussell, Calvin Henry, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, Very well. Good, good. Trav. Jade. Which organisation are you here representing today? It could be any. It could uh, be. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm here today uh, representing MVAC. Uh, Which is your new place of employment? It is, that's correct, yeah. So um, I think the last time you and I spoke, I might have been at the Clontar Foundation. Oh, didn't, no, didn't we? Didn't you? Weren't you? Let me start again. I'm having a really bad speech day yeah. today. Sorry, I apologise. Didn't we catch up with you when you were with the Common Foundation? Or you weren't there for that long? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I was there for about eight months. Were you? Yeah. Okay. Was. Time went pretty quickly. It was and It was during some of the lockdowns, so it made it a little bit hard to... Um, facilitate your community stuff? Yeah. Because that was your job title, wasn't it? Community facilitator? Correct. Yep. Oh, so what's your job title here at MBAC? So I'm the men's timeout services caseworker. What does that exactly mean? Well, it's a holistic approach. <laughs> does that mean that Calvin's your boss? Uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> so what exactly does that mean then, Calvin? So really, Travis's role is to engage with any men that need that extra support. So it's similar to youth services, but for the men. So right. men that you know might be having trouble in court or trouble at home or, you know, God forbid something happens at home, they need a place to stay. Mm-hmm. In this case, they would call Travis and they would uh, reach out for that support. Right. It's good that there's that support network in place. Yeah, definitely. Especially for the men. You know, men are always taught to be tough and not to seek out support in certain times. So it's good to have Travis here that knows the community and be able to be there for those guys. Mm. A need to to listen as well. Is that what is that part of the job, just to be there, to have a chat and... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just this morning, I actually uh, took a client up to Mildura yeah. um, for a service that they were accessing, and and the hour ride up there was just that. It was just you know listening, having a chat, uh, not about anything specific, but just you know general life. And um, I think that's really important, and and especially for men. And I'm a big advocate for that. Uh, is just talking, having those conversations because. Mm. Um, you know, a problem shared is a problem halved. Someone told me that once and oh. I reckon it's pretty accurate. So, um, yeah, I'm always here just for a chat for the fellas, which is what it's all about. Yeah. The timeout building down at the cut, does that get used a fair bit? It's pretty well maintained by the look of things. Yeah, we're definitely open to using that more. We have the men's breakfast now every Friday there at that building um, and Throughout the year, we'll be running different activities down there. So right now, Travis has fishing uh, fishing days coming up, and he also has golf days every Tuesday for the men. <laughs> fishing? Okay. <laughs> so <sighs> are you just organizing activities that you want to do? <laughs> well, I actually – when I say – I was going to say I hate fishing. I don't hate fishing. I hate touching fish. All right, so someone's going someone's gonna to have to take the fish off the what hook if mean? I catch one. Are you joking? No, I'm not joking. Yeah, no, I'm not joking. Um, but things what like about, that. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm just having a little trouble wrapping yeah, my head around back. this. Yeah, let's circle back and unpack this a little bit mm. more and find out where this trauma comes from. How are you with putting bait on the hook? I'm really good at that. Okay. Yep. Worms include like live yeah, bait. So like, You're okay you with know, that? I did work for Clontarf for you know seven years, and when Which we is- go fishing with the boys, that is your only job is to thread hooks and put worms on them because lads are just. It's crazy. So the lads then take the fish off. So you've been conditioned that part of fishing is not actually no, engaging that, with a fish. That was, that was prior. <laughs> I don't know what's happened in my childhood <laughs> for me to not want to, you know, touch fish. But um, Did Buzzer take you fishing as a kid? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, but, I can't remember ever catching anything, but... Um, uh, maybe that's the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just yuck. They're just slimy. Well, they're not slimy. They're just wet with scales. Yeah, it's a bit slippery. You've never been scuba diving? Yeah, I have. Yep. And you are okay swimming with yeah, fish yeah, yeah, yeah. as long as they don't touch That's, you? Yep, 100%. How do you go then, and I don't want to turn this into too much of a therapy session, but how are you with swimming in the river? Oh, fine. If there was something brush past your hairless leg, would you be okay? <laughs> I'm getting out immediately. <laughs> no, really though, there's nothing worse than something touching you in the water and you can't see what it is. This is ridiculous. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I want to understand, Trav. How much am I paying you for oh, this? <laughs> well, I'll send you the invoice after. I okay. just want to understand where this – you're how old? 30 years old? Or well, you're not 30 no, yet? close enough. And you've not ever touched a fish whilst fishing? No, I have. But for you just a photo, like but then I like – for a photo. For a photo. So you'll do something for Insta, but you won't do it as part of your job description. Yes. <gasps> okay. Um, I think, Kelvin, there's much more that Trav needs to unpack here and it, it is well above my pay grade. As far as your golf goes, you're an okay golfer though, aren't you? Um, like look, on a it depends scale how it starts. Of- if it starts well, if the first shot off the tee is good, <laughs> We're in for not a bad day. Mm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, first one, I was we played the outside, so it was par three. Landed a couple of metres from the hole, so the rest of the day was we were, we were pretty good. Okay. Um, was it actually good or you, it just set you up in a good mood, good frame of mind? Both. Okay, yep. Um, this week, just a violent slice <laughs> off the tee <laughs> and every shot got worse from that point onwards. Um a lot of work is required. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Yep. What day is golf day? So it's on Tuesdays uh, from 11 a.m. onwards. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, people might think, oh, it's just it's just a, a hit of golf, but mm. it's actually a lot more than that. It's obviously, you know, about the fellas getting out there and, and doing a bit of physical activity, but we just want that really positive social interaction. Um, and it's also about the networking because you go to sporting clubs, you know, any sort of sporting club, you meet different people. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important that, that our fellas are getting out and about in the community and, and making, you know, those new connections um, because hopefully, you know, we might get a couple of PGA players out of it, but we also might get some fellas that go, you know what, this isn't too bad. Maybe the next time that the golf club's having a working bee, I might duck out there and get involved. Yeah. So it's, it's more than about, you know, hitting a golf ball. Yeah. I think golf's like that anyway. Any sport I think is much more than just the sport and the action itself. It's much more about the whole, especially in a small town, and golf is great for the fresh air and the. there's a lot to be said for being out in the fresh air and sunshine. Not I, wrong. No, I don't think we can overstate how important it is. Um, yeah, so I think hey, golf days are a good day. I don't think that anyone that's critical of, oh, it's a golf day, I don't think understands what actually happens at a golf day, no, which no. is why my husband continues to go to them <laughs> as often as he can. <laughs> And that's fine. It's good for his mental health. Credit to him. That's right. He's doing all the right things. Yeah. So, and I mean, Ash and the team, they've got the, the course looking, you know, exceptional. Yeah, he's good at his job. Yeah, it's isn't great. He? Look, yeah. I mean, with the course being the way it is, if I could play better golf, it would have been a perfect day because it's just fantastic to be out there. Well, you just need to practice more, don't you? That's what I'm told. Oh. Just need to practice more. Well, yeah, really that's fine. Thing. Well, it's not really my thing either, but I just need someone that's a bit patient to actually go – oh, this is why you're terrible, let's work on this, rather than go, oh, you're so bad, just pick your ball up, let's go to the next one. Yeah, I took a few drops the other day. A few drops. Calvin, um, let's talk about the youth program and school holidays are coming up. Yep. What's happening with school holiday program? Yep, so next Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe that we'll be engaging with the youth in the school holiday program. Monday we're actually going up to Muldura to, for a 10-pin bowling and cool. laser tag. Um, Tuesday, we'll be back here at the Ledger Center playing basketball, you know, those type of activities. Yep. And then Wednesday, we'll probably have more of a culture day. Awesome. Yeah. 10 pin bowling and laser tag. Is that at Arnie's laser tag? Yes. Awesome. Yep. That place, has that ever changed? Uh, nope. Not since I've been here. Nope. <laughs> not since I've been here either or been attending that place, but it's so good. Yeah. You get such a workout at that laser. Because <laughs> again, it's that if you're competitive and actually care about getting hit. Yeah. Wow, it's a good workout. Yeah. Well, that sounds awesome. So, people, how do you get involved? How do how do our young people sign up for it? Do they have oh, to be yeah. MVAC members? And what's the go? No, so definitely Aboriginal uh, members of the community just need to call up MVAC and ask for me, and then I can get the registration uh, forms out to them, or we could do it over the phone. Yep. Um, but we're I think one of our youth workers is out at the school today promoting it, so which is really good. Great. Who are, who is the youth worker? So we have Melissa Anderson working with the female youth right now. So, yep, she's at the school. Excellent. How did the youth program go? What, what day was it when I was at the gym? Monday. And you were there as well, Trav. How was that? Yeah, we played a bit of basketball. Would have mm. been good to have Calvin there mm. uh, because <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of skill coming from the staff, um, <laughs> such as myself. Uh, but the kids love it. I mean, they just love getting out and, and just being active. And Yeah. Um, the Leisure Centre is such a great facility for our town. And obviously, you know, we've got the expansion 
um, that's you know going to be happening. So, just, and it will happen. Yeah, no, it will. It's coming. Oh, these things take time. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that. But you know, if anyone's seen the plans in there, it just looks like it's going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the kids love it. Will be. It'll be in three stages, which is annoying. But that's the that's kind of how funding works and how yeah. our funds. You know, we have to move things around out of year two, year three, year, you know. Yeah. So it will all happen. It'll be phenomenal. In, this year, in two years' time, we'll be sitting here saying how good it is, and ah, oh, we've actually got a real basketball court made out of wood, <laughs> which would be nice <laughs> with the be. proper markings on it and and all the rest of it. But the kids look really excited to be there from as soon as they walked in the door. You know, as soon as they walked in the door, they were like, "Can we have a volleyball? Can we have a basketball? Can we, you know, yeah, sure, go for it." Yeah, it's great, and and Melissa does a fantastic job. She brings a lot of energy as mm. well. Um, you know, I was tired watching her run around <laughs> with them. So, um, yeah, like I said, she, she brings a lot of um, enthusiasm and, and creates a really great atmosphere. Yeah. So, you know, for, for all the um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids, you know, I encourage them to get along to the yeah. youth program and the after-school activities because it's, it's a really great thing. Yeah, absolutely. She's playing – Melissa's playing football yeah, this she year. played football last yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. She was yeah, feeling she in about that. it this morning and um, – yeah. She loves it. She yeah. yeah. I mean, she told me she went pretty well. Which is a shame. Oh, I'm sure she did. Yeah. I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sh- she. It's a shame for netball. And this is the thing leading up to, you know, the club wants to expand into female football, which is great. And I'm sad that it's 30 years too late for me to play. But it will take a lot of women away from netball. And Melissa's a really good netballer as well. So it's a bit of a shame. But you know what? If she's kicking goals pun completely intended, then happy days. And if it helps her keep her energy levels up, because it takes a bit to keep up with with young people that are at high school and, you yeah. know, hyped up after that. And <laughs> you're right, it's kind of exhausting watching it. But um, so what else is happening as far as the next few weeks? We've got the Easter camp coming up as well, yeah? Yep. So Easter camp will start next Thursday, Thursday through Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so there'll be a bunch of activities, culture activities down there as well. Um, food will be provided. Um, yeah, it'll be a good time down there. And then after that, we will continue the youth program. So on Wednesday and Thursday, I believe we're going back to Mildura and we're also go to, going to the Perry Sandhills. Oh, cool. Well. Um, so we'll have those two activities. And then two Fridays from now, I believe on the 21st, we'll have the Deadly Choices Day, which will be at MVAC. Um, yep. And, you know, we'll have a bunch of activities, food, everything that we normally have on a uh, community day. And a bunch of free T-shirts as well. Well, that's what everyone goes <laughs> for, isn't it, wants. really? <laughs> right. I need to get my hand on another one of those T-shirts because the last one I got was far too big, but that's okay. <laughs> well, thank you both for coming. Trav, before uh, I let you go, let's talk about football because Phil is and Donnie are both unavailable until after Easter. <laughs> How inconsiderate. You've been going to training? I have, correct. Been knocked out yet? <laughs> I nah. worry about you and your head. <laughs> I really um, do. Well, I actually got hit in the back of the head with a footy the other week, and I, yeah, I saw saw some stars. Um, but do you no. think it's safe for you to be running around like putting your head anywhere where you could cop a knock? Probably not. Given now what we know about things like ECT, yep. and I'm seeing it now in yeah, yeah. in country footballers that were really hard, tough footballers at 60 years old, really having some. And I'm not saying you're. A I was just going to say it, <laughs> not, it happens to other footballers because no, 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 I'm certainly not a hard no, tough footballer. No, no, don't take <laughs> don't take, don't take that line. as a compliment. <laughs> I'm not saying you're a hard tough footballer, but I'm seeing it now in in players that I grew up watching that were hard and tough and got knocked out, you know, every other week. They're now struggling with things like early onset dementia and all sorts of other neuro disorders. Does that worry you, or are you just happy living life? Doesn't worry me at all. <laughs> of course, it doesn't. How old are you? Excuse me. Twenty seven. Are you only 27? Mm. Oh, God, you're a child. Of course you haven't got I any common sense I look after my skin. <laughs> <laughs> you're 27? I would hope so. Yeah. Um, no, nah, footy, footy's going well. Let's talk about the football. Yeah, let's talk um, about the football then. <laughs> no, it's been really great. Um, we've had a really good pre-season. Mm. Um, you know, a, a number of the boys, well, majority of the boys are looking really, really fit and, mm. and keen for the season. We've only got a couple of weeks until round one. Um, few recruits coming in, which is good, sort of just bolstering the, um, the group. That so, is good. It is, and you need those guys. Um, you know, they bring something new and keeps the opposition on their toes as well. Yeah. Um, I just hope they're going to – the bit that annoys me with recruits, and it's not the playing because if you want to be competitive, bringing players in is what you need to do from a from a management point of view. The bit that annoys me with some recruits, and I'm not saying all of them because you get some really good ones and they're usually the ones that hang around and end up, you know, 
marrying a netballer and staying forever. Um, <laughs> but the ones that come in, play, and then don't stick around for a beer afterwards, don't go into any of the social stuff, you know, don't really contribute to the whole social tapestry. It's a very delicate tapestry at times, that of a club. Yeah, that's certainly um, that's certainly always a, a topic of conversation every year, I think, when, mm. when you have recruits. And, and I've heard it around the traps. Um, but, you know, everybody can rest assured that the, the group of recruits we have this year, they're all fantastic blokes and um, I've had lunch with them. Um, of course you have. <laughs> <I've> had, yeah, <laughs> a lap dog, I was just there. Um, yeah, I've had, had a bit of lunch with them. Um, you know, they interact with the group and, and they've just they've gelled really, really well. Um, okay. And football-wise on Saturday, you would have thought that the group had been playing together for a long time. Um, things just seem to work. And it's early days um, in the practice match, but some really good signs there. And um, we've got a new full forward. Who's Superstar that? Superstar full forward. Kicked, I think, kicked three goals in the first quarter. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a lazy full forward. <laughs> Did not move from the square. <laughs> no, but um, it, it's good. few boys playing some different positions, and, yeah. and I think that'll be a good thing for us to change it up. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah change is as good as a holiday, really, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. Especially when what you're doing doesn't doesn't work and hasn't worked in the past, I suppose. Especially when you've ripped your hamstring off the bone and you just don't want to run anymore. So they just say, stand there. <laughs> Great. Trap. Honestly. Fantastic. Honestly. Well, and you know what? If there's a place for you where you can just stand there, then happy days. See, there's that all the hill. Yeah. Well, there's a long, you've got many years to stand on the hill, I suppose, haven't you? That so you may as well yes. just stand in the, in the goal square for now. Well, that's, Correct. that's good news. I'm glad that, Things are looking well. There's a lot to be said for bonding too, I reckon, you know, as far as having lunch together, getting on the beers together, that kind of thing, as far as the team atmosphere goes. There's a lot to be said for that. I won't endorse the beers. Water. We want to be drinking water. You know, we're coming up to the season, Jade, so we're on the waters. No, the you're not. Um, Who do you think you're talking to? This is the, First of all, this is not the AFL. This is the Robinvale Football Netball Club and beer is a social lubricant. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's a few others, but um, that's probably the main one. Okay. Oh, no. oh, wow. Are we going there? I took that wrong. No, um, we're not. <laughs> but no, you're right. It's good to do those those things um, away from the footy field mm. um, because, yeah, it, it does bring the group together. And um, i tell you who has been doing some bonding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stay with me. Mm. Phil and David and, and sort of a few others at the footy club and Dom – and the boys on the Shire, or men and oh, yes. on the Shire, because yes. that, that oval, yeah. that is the MCG at yeah. the moment. That is unbelievable. It is apparently very good. Now, I will say from a council point of view, mm. our ground staff and the people that they get out, when they do work really well together, our tennis courts in Swan Hill over Country Week, better than Kuyong, and that's coming from the Tennis Australia, Tennis Victoria people, better than Kuyong. And I have heard rumours that – this ground here is amongst the best in country Victoria at the moment. Easily. Easily, Easily. apparently. Matthew yeah. Kitt could go work for the MCC. <laughs> like, I don't think Matthew Kitt's got a huge the, amount the, to do with it. The, the, the way that he mows that. <laughs> when Please. I see him in the track, when I see him in the track, that it genuinely brings joy to me because I know that I'm going to be running around on just this perfect deck. It's unbelievable. It is. It's like carpet. Yeah, it's, no, it's pretty impressive. They've all, they've all done a fantastic job. It's brilliant. Yeah, Calvin, uh, let's talk about Mildura Heat really quickly. Yep. Uh, you've had what two, two or three games now. Three. Yeah. Yep. How are things looking? Good. We're currently three and zero at the moment. Mm. Um, had one away game and two home games. Our past game was probably our toughest game, but we were able to pull it out at the end. Who was that against? Uh, that was against Whittlesey. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, our import Anthony Hill had about thirty-two points, I think. Ten. What rebounds. has he done to his hair? I don't know. You got to ask him that question. Wow. But, um, <laughs> like when he got off the plane, all of the females in the stadium here at Robinvale when he came down were like, "Oh, yeah, good import." Yeah. And then seeing him in the paper last week. We're all shaking our heads going, what <laughs> happened? I, I think he just got <laughs> bored in the room. I think that's mm. all it was. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> he played well, so I can't really say too much about it. But, um, yeah, the team's really gelling at the moment. Unfortunately, this upcoming weekend we have a few people away with COVID. Oh, no. But in saying that, it'll be a chance for some of the young guys to step up. So, yeah. uh 
yeah, the season's going really, really well. I couldn't be more happier where the team is at the moment. Well, you could literally couldn't be, could you? You haven't <laughs> lost yet, <Yeah>. so <laughs> punching the air. Well, well done. I hope it continues. I appreciate and, it. And um, we'll certainly make an effort. I know the netball girls have been getting to a couple of home games to support Stevie, so yes, I haven't yet. Yes, we definitely hear them in the crowd. I bet you do. <laughs> I will add to that in the coming weeks and months, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you both for coming in. Great no, to catch up. We'll no. see you next month. Thank you. News for the Vale with Federal Member for Mally, Dr Anne Webster. Not with me, Nova 100's Nicole Gunn from Coronavirus Central of Melbourne, but these podcasters from Rothenvale. And when we say podcasters, it's just me, Dr Webster. How are you? Look, just dandy, Jade. And you? Um, I think it's just that time of year where seasons are changing and things are really, really busy, as you would well understand. Nah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, first of all, let's. how was your budget week? Budget week was uh, frantically busy. Mm. As you may expect, it is always crazy. Mm. And, uh, yeah, look, there were some big wins across Australia more broadly. Um, and I'm waiting to hear some more specific announcements for... Mally, because I, as you know, I have quite a long list of requests yes. and uh, demands. And so we'll just wait and see. Do we call them demands? Yes. Oh, absolutely. we do. Okay. All right, good. I'll take your lead on that. I was actually, from a local government point of view, I was really pleased to see um, the financial assistance grants and the local community infrastructure fund get a bit of a boost, which is great from our point of view. It means that... Um, Hopefully, we'll be able to sustain things a, a little bit easier into the future under a rate camping environment. Well, you know, we just want to please, Jade. It's all about our local government areas. Um, it seriously is, actually. Uh, the point is that as a federal government, we would prefer to give funds to um, local governments than the state government. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's... It, I mean, we also prefer that because it means that we can leverage off one another and that's what we're doing. This is a great segue into talking about the Reimagining Robinvale um, project that we've got on the cards at the moment. But when we see things like the, the financial assistance grants is a really important thing for local government. I'm not going to bore everyone with too much about that, but that is a key thing that local governments do look at. And when we see a nice little boost coming through in that form, it means that the pressure's off local governments because in a rate capping environment, it is really hard to sustain our service levels, and no one's ever asked councils to do less, um, but it just means that we can no, sustain. No, I haven't noticed that. No, no, it's not often something we hear about. Um, one thing we but have... Also, but also the um, local roads, community infrastructure, the Building Better Regions Fund, I mean, they're, they're particularly grants that have been developed because the nationals are in government. I hate to state it, but I need to state it because... You don't know what Labor are going to do if they get in. They are already talking about the ag visa, for example, not actually remaining. Mm, I did that hear is terribly concerning. Now I did hear about this the other day, and I wondered if it was just a vicious rumor. Are they serious when they say that that would be reconsidered? Yep, absolutely. Wow. Just had the DPM send through a. Um, uh, some media this morning where Labor are not committing to it, that they stand with the AWU mm. and their, you know, worries about exploitation in the ag industry. Look, who who isn't concerned about exploitation? But the reality is the ag visa, as we already know, is critically important to the agricultural industry. It brings in workers that people are wanting and it puts them within a, a structure of the SWP and PALM schemes, which also gives a path to permanent residency. It is a win-win-win-win-win for sustainability of workforce going forward. Actually, that was a key question that we had to ask you today, the ag visa, because as I understood it, the first draft of the ag visa didn't have a pathway to permanent residency. So does this, because it's an evolving beast, we know that, and we know that, that it will keep evolving. So mm -hmm. there is a pathway to permanent residency through the ag visa now? That That is what is 
written into the agreement moving forward. Uh, what is happening right now is that a pilot is underway with specific approved employers given the go-ahead because they're fabulous, um, according to the department. And so they've got the first tranche and uh, the intention is that that will be ramped up going forward. And the big issue is why will Labor not clearly state on record, record that they will support this going forward? And it's not only just you made a point before about the, the workers that the agriculture sector wants. It's not a want. It's a need. There is an oh, incredible need. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you, you and I both know that um, each sector of the horticultural industry requires different workforce mm -hmm. and workforce that works specifically for the jobs at hand. And um, the ag visa absolutely means that this is not an issue going forward, provided it is supported by government and that it, it is does go forward. It has to it has to go forward. I mean, if this was to fall over now, this is something that growers and producers in our region have fought for for years and years and years, and now it's finally got over, got over the line. And you're right, it was the National Party that got it over the line. Um, if it was to fall over now, it would just be another kick in the guts and would absolutely decimate the industry. Yeah, you know, yep. um, that can't happen. Speaking of which, don't now, worry about that, Jay. Labor's <laughs> a safe pair of hands. Oh, don't say that. Now, Vietnam have signed on. Yep. Does now in, there's also the free trade agreement that was announced during the week with India. They've also yes. signed on to the AG visa. No, they haven't signed on. They've been invited to. Right. Okay. Need so they to clarify. Have been invited to, and um, obviously it's all about tariffs, tariffs, and more tariffs, mm. uh, reducing them, and that's what the uh, the uh, commitment is between both com uh, countries. It has to enter into force through a parliamentary um, vote, of course. Mm -hmm. That's next parliament, uh, but the fact is both countries have. Uh, stepped in and it will make a difference to our sheep meat tariffs. It will make a difference to wool. It will make a difference to many of uh, our other primary industries, almonds, lentils, oranges, mandarins. Um, there are others that aren't particularly pertinent to Mali, but nonetheless, it, it's a huge deal because India is the largest democracy in, in the world and it is the fastest growing economy. We absolutely want to be in there uh, and listed amongst those such as Bhutan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, Thailand, Singapore, South Korea, Japan, Malaysia, Mauritius and UAE. So Australia is now going to be one of those that has free trade with India. Mm, which is good news because there are tariffs at the moment on almonds as well, which is a huge industry here, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So they're being removed as well? They are being removed uh, in time. What I have on that, uh, they will be reduced and improving opportunities for Australia's horticultural industry to supply India's growing food demand. So the tariffs are heading towards the zero I know there's a 10-year time frame for some things like bottled wine um, <clears throat> and the 2.5% tariff on wool will be eliminated once it's passed through Parliament. Uh, yeah, look, it is it is a really, mm. it's a fabulous step forward. Yeah, that is because almond, almond prices have really bottomed out the last couple of years. So removing that tariff because a lot of the imports, I think 80% of the almonds grown here are exported to India. So that that is great for our local industry. Also, just a quick question. You may have to take this one on notice. But as far as Indo-Pacific relations go, India is surely as far as our defence and strategic positioning goes, that's obviously a good partnership to have, I suspect. True or no? Oh, look, every country that we can have a uh, good relationship with in the Indo-Pacific um, means greater security for Australia. Mm. So uh, clearly the global threats are not just based in Europe. Currently, with Russia and Ukraine, China is absolutely considered a threat if they take over Taiwan. Um, 
uh, that is a problem. It's mm. a serious problem, and it's why our relationships with orcas, um, our relationships with the quad, they are critical in 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 um, working towards our own stability and security mm. moving forward. I was listening to an interview with Peter Dutton, the Defence Minister, yesterday or the day before, and just his depth of knowledge about you know, international relations and everything defence, I thought this guy, and I'll be honest, I haven't been a huge fan of Dutton over the years, but given his knowledge and um, just the whole comprehensive package that this guy has in his head, I thought if he was to no longer be in this position and it went to the shadow minister, who I believe is Christina Keneally, is that right? Penny Wong. Is defence. Oh, then that strengthens my argument because I thought it was Christina Keneally and I thought, hmm, imagine that. I feel as even though I'm not a hu- I haven't been a huge fan of Dutton over the years, I, I pivoted yesterday and went, imagine if it was, but now that you say Wong, even more so. Could you imagine feeling safe and sleeping at night? We've got, at the moment we have... Um some RAF personnel locally for a um, an anniversary, 80th anniversary of the O2TU unit here. Mm. Uh, this morning we had a commemoration and I was talking with some of the brass who were present and talking about this very issue and I said to them, I know you can't say anything, but I tell you what, if you're looking at Peter Dutton or Penny Wong... Oh, my oh, goodness. Hey. I mean... Yep. I mean, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. It. Well, that's even more concerning. Um, I did want to talk to you again. I'm going to flag these um, these projects, local projects, because we need to talk about the local things that we've, gone, uh, we've got on at the moment. And I know I spoke to you about this on the phone a few weeks ago, but it was a Friday night and, you know, I'd had a couple of glasses of wine. But Reimagining Robinvale is a project that we've put in through the better, Building Better Regions Fund that we spoke about earlier. With for asking for another three point eight five million dollars from from that fund, the, from that federal fund to start the Riverfront Master Plan and Centenary Park and the new change rooms at the football ground, chances of getting yeah. to that top of the priority list, Doctor Webster. <laughs> <laughs> well, the priority list um, has gone into the DPM's office, and um, I haven't heard anything about where they're at. Of course, I don't get to make those decisions. Mm. Um, but I was obviously in Robinvale. We recently met up at the um, basketball courts there. And uh, look, uh, what amazes me is the passion each smaller town has for its future, for its past, for its present. And um, the more passion that there is expressed at a local level, just how much more uh, impetus they get in terms of seeking funding. Mm. In Mali, I could spend the entire Building Better Regions fund myself. No doubt. No doubt. The, the whole lot. So too bad for the rest of Australia. Um, <laughs> I would like it all in Mali. I'm not sure that the DPM would actually tolerate that as a solution, but, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's very important. And the Building Better Regions fund um i have no line of sight over at all so building better region six will be announced um i believe august september Mm. so we will wait and see and again uh it's something else that labor have not given a clear answer that they will keep going they have no interest in the regions they really don't, do they? Which is really concerning. But you know what? That's been made clear from us on a state level for the last eight years, quite yep. frankly. Um, oh. They've made no secret of that. You know, when they talk about regions, they talk about regional centres, quite large regional centres, and that's not us. That's not us mm-hmm. at all. We need some of that love and and some of that money, quite frankly, so we can build on the regions. But anyway, I'm not going to go into a whole big pitch because I'm preaching to the choir talking to you. I know that. Now, you've got a press conference today at 2 o'clock with uh, Little Proud. What's going on there? I do. Yeah, and uh, due to the fact that it's embargoed, I can't <gasps> tell you. But but come on. No, I can't tell you. Uh, we've got another one tomorrow morning as well. So I've got oh. two oh. Uh, press releases 
uh, in the next 24 hours. Oh, really? So, uh, yeah. And the, uh, Minister Little Proud is in Mildura very shortly, and uh, he will be here overnight, and then he's doing a breakfast tomorrow morning. Uh, we've got a dinner tonight and then a breakfast tomorrow morning and then more announcements, so... Someone like Minister Littleproud doesn't come with small news. When you get someone of that uh, profile here, they, they're usually bringing something decent. You can't just well, give us have, a... We have actually commented in the party room, please, ministers, don't come to our patch unless you have an announcement. Correct. Because we get don't. excited. Yeah, because um, life is too short and we've got way too much to do. <laughs> to be taking ministers around the place unless they have an announcement. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm so hoping it's just a little one. bit of pressure that we put them under. Well, I'm excited now, but it'll be interesting to uh, to see what it is. Mm. Should I be excited from a Robin Vale point of view? I think so. Ooh. Ooh I think so. Exciting. Excellent. Look, it's, it's all about ag, ag, ag and more ag. So um, but that that's, will be very good. Well, that's our bread and butter around here, and I've said that for a long time. People talk about the tourism sector, et cetera. You know what? Particularly in Robinvale, we're an agricultural centre. We don't have the infrastructure to be a huge tourist centre just yet. In the future, maybe, but at the moment, agriculture is our bread and butter. So if it's something that make the growers that's going to make the growers happy and make their lives easier, then happy days, happy days for everyone. Well, I mean, what we want is to always increase the quantity and quality of what is produced here, uh, and to therefore increase productivity moving forward. Mm. So it's supporting growers to ensure that that could take place. Well, we will watch it very closely. I know you're a very busy woman, so thank you for your time today. I will let you go and uh, keep us in the loop with anything that uh, that happens to come up in the near future. We'll talk to you again no soon. No worries at all, Jade. The Vale Podcast. And now it's time to talk to Sharon, who is the proprietor, owner-operator of All About Me Undergear. How are you? Well, I'm very well, Jade. How are you? I'm splendid. Now, All About Me. Well, All About Me. We started off as All About Me undergear, but mm. we've, we've had a little change. COVID has made us revisit our branding and absolutely every way we do business at All so About you're not, Me. So you're not All About Undergear anymore? Well, we All are, About Me well, Undergear? we are because that's our registered name, but we've changed our outward branding because we're about lots of things to do with me and wow. work to do with self. So now we're all about me for lifestyle, well-being and fun. So tell me, so now you do more than underpants. We do. We do we love do your underpants. Pants. I was going to say, we do love your underpants though. We still do them. Mm. We still do them and we still, we're still really committed to being um, – the old-fashioned corseteer who where you get a specialised fitting from. And I love that, the old-fashioned corseteer. corseteer. We, we call ourselves breast care specialists these days. Oh, really? Yeah. Excellent. You know what? Let's just concentrate on this for a minute because the undergear, it's really important. Now, I'm yes. not – I wasn't gifted with – a large bust. I've got big shoulders, but not a large bust. But it is even properly fitted bras. I cannot even stress how life changing it is. Well, it is, and it's it's great that you mention it because um, it's the story. It's my life's work, really. Mm. And men should listen because it's not just about having the correctly fitted bra for comfort. It's about your well well being. It's about your posture. It's actually about your confidence. Mm. And I have many stories. One day I might write a book <laughs> about should. the changes that having a correctly fitted bra can make to a woman's confidence. Mm. And also, you know, as women we travel many journeys. We we become teenagers, we have puberty, we our bodies change and then we have those darling little things called, mm. you know, that just play havoc with everything <laughs> to do with our bodies. Yeah. And... Um, then we, you know, our journey changes and we travel through menopause and sometimes we have to take journeys that we don't choose. Mm. And so we do look after the post-surgical side of your journey as well. So, That's you know, really interesting. We're here. 
Yeah, and that's the post-surgical stuff if you have needed breast surgery, particularly for breast cancer, because it can be – it changes your whole anatomy and how, again, like you said, your posture, how you use that side of your body or Mm. both sides of your body if that's what the surgery has been. So how does – again, a correctly fitted bra, I mean, is life-changing. It really is, and I can't stress that enough. And I would think I was probably mid-30s until I had – a properly fitted bra, which is mm. embarrassing now. I look back at it and go, my gosh, I can't believe no one's told me about this before. And it's maybe something we just don't talk about. Well, one of the things I say to teenagers when they come in with their mum, you know, with that look, that teenage girl look like I don't want to be here look, Yeah, I say to them, you're so fortunate that your mum loves you so much. She's brought you to get a correctly fitted bra and they sort of give me that look, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that look. We know that teenage look. look, Which might be WTF, but I'm probably not allowed to say that. But anyway, um, you know, it's it's just such an embracing um, service that we offer because Mm. we care Mm. and we want to be here for our community and that's one of the reasons why we tipped our business literally on its head when COVID came along to make sure that we could still be here at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that involved, that business turning it on its head? You're still doing the really important we're, we're still doing things. nearly all the things. That, well, we're still doing absolutely everything that we did before. Mm. But um, when COVID first came, I beat myself up because I don't have an online store oh. because I can't do what I do and my team, mm. my team and I, cannot do what we do online. Mm. And we say that to our clients all the time. Mm. And they can contact us through social media and all the other things, great things that allow us to communicate these days. But we really can't do that. And so that was a pretty big challenge for me to say, you know, well, you've put yourself in this situation. But, you know, I really came to terms with that in Mm. my business and I'm not worried about that anymore because I don't need to be online to to achieve what I want to achieve out of my business because it's not all about money. No, um, no, and like I said, it's it's a service. It is, and so we um, we challenged every brand in our business to it's well, it's um, you know, it's very being there, and is it the right thing, and mm. how do we want to manage that? We tra- we challenged all our trading terms, the way we deal with our customers. We we changed. We just turned things upside down, and we were able to do that because we're small, which makes us agile. Mm. So we were able to pivot around to do things the way we wanted to do them. And I think um, it's been a really healthy thing for us as a business to go through. We had the very sad thing that um, Princess for a Night, that was a beautiful Mm. children's wear store next door, closed down during COVID. So always been a brave girl, decided to take on the staff from there because it was just too good to leave them without a job. So they came to work and they have brought nothing but joy to to us as a team. Mm. And so we thought, well, we'll give it a go for a few months and then we'll make a decision at the end of 2020, 2021. Goodness me, I can't remember which year it was now. It's a bit of a blur, isn't it? It's a bit of a blur. And so we all decided that – you know, work for us is about coming together as a group, group of women to support other women to be the best they can be and we want to do that so we're going to be there. Terrific. And so we decided to do that and then we decided that we'd bring in some baby wear because it uh-huh. supports our, you know, our maternity wear and everything else that we have in store. Mm. So um, we have baby gift and we have beautiful brands like Kip and Co and we have Do you? Yeah, we have women's Kip and Co Ooh. as well. And so we have we've we've kind of got those brands and we've extended them out to do them well. <gasps> so Kip and Co's been one, but we also have Quincy May, OB Designs. We've taken on some Sanctuary Studio. We've got lots of different great brands and of course Simon Perel is our mainstay of our um, underwear business mm-hmm. and but we've got some fantastic all different brands beautiful sleepwear from ginger lily and you and of course we've always been a great supporter of mildura living magazine because they support us yeah and um i always have a few mildura living magazines to give out to our tourists when they come in shopping because we have lots of tourists mm. and they this magazine draws our tourists yeah it and, absolutely um, does doesn't it and I have a couple of other jobs as well. Yeah, you do, which and we'll get to. Yeah. Yes, and I usually have a Mildura Living magazine in my bag whenever I go to Melbourne to 
meet anyone there. Yeah, and you know what? I always carry a box too. Every time there's a new one come out, I carry a box in the car. And even the kids on my child's school bus this morning have started asking me for them, (laughs) which is bizarre to me. But not only does it span the seasons and it spans the year, because it's a 12-month magazine that will go on your coffee shop and, you know, everywhere and in the Qantas clubs and all that kind of thing. But it spans generations. So there's something in it for everyone. So I think they do – I mean, Tony and Sharon and Cal do a wonderful, wonderful job. They really do. And everyone that contributes to it. But you mentioned before that you've got a couple of other jobs and one of those other jobs that we can't talk too much about but we do need to highlight is you're the chair of Lower Murray Water. Yes, I am now. How did you get that job? Well, it's a ministerial (laughs) appointment so it's quite hard actually. It is, isn't it? That's what I mean. How did you get that job? Well, I was chair of the Mallee Catchment Management Authority for 10 fabulous years and that was a great job and I'm still a director of that. But um, I decided that I needed a bit Bigger challenge, just you know, <laughs> just something more, yeah. So, because um, managing on the a role. small business is not hard enough. Well, I don't know. I'm, I like being busy, and um, you know, I've always done a few different jobs since I've lived in the region. Because mm. I'm, I've been here for 19 years now, and I know I'm still not a local. <laughs> I know I'm still. No, not you're local, not. Yeah. However, um, I think I'm committed because <laughs> I, I have done a few stints. You know with local government and now with um, other uh, statutory authorities for mm. the Victorian government. And Lower Murray Water is a big challenge. We have we have an urban business, we have a rural business and we're also um, helping the state government managing the partnership of the Victorian Murray Floodplain Restoration Project, yeah. which you'll probably be aware of. And that's a very important job because that whilst our urban customers are incredibly important as are our irrigators and our pump districts and private diverters we also have um this restoration project which we're managing which is a huge project and Mm. that is going to help us eliminate water buybacks which we do not want in our region no we don't and um it's incredibly important for us to um, try and maintain our floodplains as much as we can because, you know, everyone's now talking about climate change being here and at, at Lower Murray Water there's lots of things that we need to do and work on challenges to, to manage all of those aspects of our business. So incredibly huge challenge mm. but it's I'm up for It's a big project. It. I've been there for oh. a few months and I'm still still learning even though when you've been a director of something for a while there's there's nothing like being the chair because the buck stops with you yeah so um, at the moment we're planning on our water plan five so we're we're talking to our customers all across the region about what they'd like us to do and in the next out years because you know there's a big process about how water authorities manage their pricing mm-hmm. and so we're doing all that work now which is which is really big and we've got other things running along the side like the VFMRP. So we're very busy and um, managing the resource and supporting our MD to get where we the business needs to be is a, is a big job. Yeah, it's a big job. So best of luck with it. Yes, well, you know. thanks for that. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> you'll need it. I think I will. with I all will. of the hats that you wear, I mean, but again, all about me is what I really, I mean, we could sit and talk about, you know, the floodplain, yeah, yeah, all the other stuff and, and we'll get stuck into that without a microphone so Another we can day, really yeah. have a powwow about it. But the all about me stuff. So when you talk about you've expanded into lifestyle and wellness, so what else are we, and you've spoken about some of the brands and I love yeah. Kip and Co, one of my prized brands. Cushions is a Kip and Co. Is one. a Kip and Co. Yeah. One because my my bedroom has been subject to the pillification of Australia, <laughs> and I don't deny that. Bedrooms. And I don't. Well, yeah. And I, you know what? I don't apologise for it. And I'll go and buy a Kip and Co. Cushion because it's beautiful. And it would be rude. It's also stimulating the local economy, which I think is an important point for small business at the moment. You know, I used to feel guilty going out shopping. And spending money. Mm. I don't now because I know, like I've been a small business operator too for more than 10 years. I know how important it is to go into those shops and drop some cash, even if it's, you know, five, ten dollars here, there or wherever, up to big purchases. It's really important, especially for Mildura regional small businesses, isn't it? Well, that's right. One of the one of the great things is that we wouldn't be here without our clients and how they support us and how you know, we support them. We we found um, at the beginning of COVID, we researched and we, we've 
um, we've obviously had a lot of lost a lot of businesses mm. in our region, mm. and we're not the only region. That's not a Mildura thing. That's just you know we only have to go to Melbourne to walk down any street oh, in Melbourne yeah. to see the empty shops. So we've been researching the gaps, and we found a fantastic Australian um, brand called Main Beach, which is beautiful. Um, Room fragrance, home fragrance, and um, body care, Ooh. and that's Australian made. It's great backstory because they use beautiful ingredients from um, even here. We have the beautiful Riverland Orange, and we have Tasmanian Lavender and um, Kakadu Plum. They're just gorgeous products, and they're all really um, organic. And you know, they've got none of those nasty things, parabens or sulfates or anything like that. And so we have those kind of products, but we also have beautiful products from um, the Isle of Capri. Mm. And so we have we have products from all over the world. We have beautiful French soap as well. Oh, so we have lovely gifts, mm. and um, they can always be gift wrapped. We're very we're very happy to do that for you. Terrific, because it's Mum's birthday tomorrow. It is, and she is a. Let's Don't say, say a no, size no, no, on, no, no, no. I was going to say, <laughs> and, <laughs> and a, a woman in her early sixties who is impossible to buy for. Well, you know what? <sighs> um, we have beautiful gift vouchers which we print ourselves, and um, they're always available. And it's good one for mums because mums can just come and spend when they need to. Because the other aspect of their business that we haven't spoken much about is our swimwear, Ooh. and um, we have a massive range of swimwear. And we have a little bit of resort wear too. So if you need a beautiful dress, we carry Ruby Yaya. And if you have a look, their dresses are just so fun. Oh. We love them and they make us feel a million dollars. And we have oh, gorgeous brands like Monty and Lou, Baku, Sea Level, Artisans. So we, we, we've got a, we've got a lot of stuff going yes. on in our business. I think in the gift guide in the Christmas or the oh, yes. summer issue, there was some beautiful swimwear in yes. it, which I kind of yeah. went, ooh, I need – I think a gift voucher is probably – Yes, the right mood. Good. Well, yeah. you can get away with it because you can say, I want you to go and get fitted. I want you to try something on and benefit from the girl's experience because mm. we will style your swimwear mm. and because we do it all day. So yeah. we help you oh, look good. the best you can be. So Because everyone comes in and says, I hate doing this yeah. job. So we do all the hard things, oh. bras, bathers. But we don't do jeans because they're hard to. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah, jeans are. Oh, there's good places jeans. in the CBD for jeans. Yeah, that's right. We don't need to go there. No, you don't. <laughs> but it's so good to have you in today. Thanks so much for coming. You're very welcome. And we will see you in Mildura Living Magazine, but we'll talk to you again soon. That'd be great, Jane. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. Find more local stories in Mildura Living Magazine.